Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We are so glad you tuned in. And if you didn't catch last week, it is so good. We talked about what we're watching on Netflix, TED Talks, all the good things. Mm-hmm. And this week, we are talking about why even the good things can be a struggle, though. And here's the thing you can get the job, you could get a move across the country, you can get, you know, a gift card to a restaurant. I don't care. All these good things that can happen. <laughs> having a baby, whatever the case may be. And then you can find that even in that blessing, you can find new struggles, new responsibilities, yeah. new problems to solve. It can really slap us, slap us upside the head when these new things that we wanted become so difficult. And it's not that we're not thankful for the blessing, but we are surprised that these new levels, new devils, <laughs> are all up in our grill. Ashley, has that ever happened to you? It has most definitely happened to me. I mean, I think about, you know, I just launched my book, which is huge, right? And then just this this weekend, I was thinking, man, I am so exhausted because when you launch and birth something, it feels like you don't recognize how much emotional labor, how Mm. much spiritual labor, how much physical labor it's actually going to require in this new phase of responsibility. And every time we say yes to something, every time we step into something new, we say no to something and we have to let go of something old. And so I think for me, I've been living with a certain framework about how I do my life and how I do my work and how I do my ministry. And now I've had to, to think to myself, what is my new framework? Like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to, you know, be traveling a bit more and be speaking a bit more and then also be a great mom to my kids and a great wife to my husband and help pastor my church like god how do i do this and so i think you know when you get what you pray for i think that we're always stuck in the praying and the waiting and then when yeah. we actually get it there's not a whole lot of resource out there to help us understand how to manage it and how to be responsible and how to create new frameworks and how to redo your mindset so that you can actually be responsible for the thing god gave you and so yeah it's most definitely been a struggle and um the book launch was so amazing like everything went so well and now i'm like kind of getting a cold because i've had so much going on the last couple of weeks and traveling three different places in 10 days and I'm just like oh my gosh and while that won't be my new normal all the time I just still underestimated what it was going to personally cost me and what it would cost my family I definitely was not prepared for the thing that I prayed for I mean I did my best girl I did my best but I was not as prepared as I should have been (laughs) you're right everything we're given is all about working the wait and when your prayers aren't answered and while you're waiting for those prayers to be answered but what happens when they do it's like wait Where's my coach now? I think, right. (laughs) I mean, for lack of a better example, I think of having a baby. Mm -hmm. You know, there's every good book and you go to a class on birthing and all of these things. And then the baby's here. I'm like, where are all of you now? All of you underestimated how hard this blessing was going to be. 100%. You know, it's just. And we hear that from moms all the time, right? Like Mm -hmm. that they're, you 
may enter a phase of feeling like you're an identity crisis or feeling like, you know, even depression or feeling like, I don't know, I know how to bond to my baby. And part of it is that we don't know how to grieve what we've lost and yeah. we lose our freedom and we lose our ability to just go when we want to go and we lose our capacity to control things. And it's really scary. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's camp on that for a minute yes. because when you enter into a new season that you have been waiting for and that you've been working for and praying for, you're so excited that I don't think it comes naturally to think I need to grieve what's been the bad and the good. That previous mm-hmm. season isn't something we usually dwell on. And then we right. find ourselves reminiscing um, what it was like to maybe even be single after you're married or maybe mm-hmm. you move to a new city for a job or uh, whatever reason. And then you're grieving like you were so excited to go to this new place yeah. and start your new adventure that you need to take a minute and think about where you were and the sweet parts of that and what can you carry with you and what did you learn from that season? I think you often see this in first-year college students. They're so excited to move out of their parents' house. They're so excited to go do the next big thing in their life and and really have that freedom (laughs) and not tell people where they're at and just live their best life and, you know, all the things. And then by Christmas time who am I? I, I'm having such a hard time making friends. I miss my friends from home. You know, you have, you hear these stories of like, how do I do this? Like, I, I don't know how to do this. And so as we pray for those things to happen, we also need to ask ourselves, what would life be like if they did? Right. What, what, what needs to be in place so I can thrive and Mm. not just constantly be surprised that I made it, you know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know you've actually talked about this before, but I remember when your mentor was telling you to sit down and like write out what your life would look like. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that is so powerful. It answers the question of what you just said, you know, because if you think about that, when you're able to actually write it out and picture it, then you're more prepared for it. Right. Um, Yeah. But that, that was a really powerful question that you asked. Like, what would life look like if I got the thing I prayed for? Man, I wish I had done that about 25 million times in my lifetime. <laughs> I think it also helps because, you know, when the good things do happen, you're asking yourself, should I be doing more? Should I be right. doing less? Am I resting enough? Yes. Should I be working harder? Yes. And so asking yourself, what do I want this to look like? And at Why Though, we talk all the time about assessing your season and really thinking what's working, what's not, who's working, who's not. Is there people that need to step outside my life? Is there is there things I need to move forward or step away from? Yeah. And I think it's we never think to ask those questions when things are going well. You know, so that's true. the last time. We are just tickled pink that things are going well. But when things are hard, I and I one of the inspirations for this episode was my son. He said, mom, I think you should talk about how much work it takes for you and auntie Ashley to be authors. Mm, And he says, you guys work so hard. He said, what if you talked about how hard it is to do the thing you love? And I said, okay. From the mouth of babes. Wow. Yes. And then, um, My Mm. husband was laughing because when I voice memoed Ashley to tell her this idea, he said, don't take the credit. Tell her Jericho told that idea. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. And the truth is, um, and Ashley, you really hit the nail on the head, writing a book and birthing a a title (laughs) Mm -hmm. is so much work. And Mm -hmm. you put so much energy. You do all you can. You hold the words 
inside your heart for so long and then there comes a day where you step over that threshold where you're in that delivery room and the words are no longer only yours they're not only for your eyes or your heart or your mind they're not only bouncing around within you they're not bouncing around within the minds of thousands of other people people that honestly it's not like you know a community that you go to every day it's people that you'll never meet It's, it's people that will you know, be here and there and our words will outlast and outlive us. And that is such a sobering thing. And so there's, and, and that struggle to, if there is negative feedback, well, you know, how do I defend myself or do I even need to defend myself or, right. um, and all the work that goes into that of publicity and doing everything you're doing and all this platform building and, and getting your book out there why? Because we truly believe we have a message that will encourage, challenge, inspire, and, and invite resurrection in the lives of men and women. Yes. So it's a it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And I was, you know, one of the questions I had, I, I um, interviewed like an author. I just was like, hey, can we, can I just like pick your brain and ask you some questions? And I, I had a list for her. I was ready to go. And we got on the phone and one of them was, gosh, girl, how do you do so much work for free? Because that's what I realized a lot of 2019 is, right? Because now, you know, now even a lot of digital outlets where you would have been paid to write before are now giving you influence rather than writing. They're like, oh, I mean, then money. So they're like, oh, well, we're going to reach 200,000 people. So you should write this article for free. Or you have to do, you know, all these different interviews and different things like this where you're like, and I love it. I'm so here for it. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say no to any of it. But like, I'm paying to have babysitters to be able to do these things. But that's not bringing in income. Or you're working on your Instagram or you're working on your platform. And I know this extends much further than authorship. I mean, many of you out there listening who are doing what you do, like it requires all of this, but in 2019, there's so much we do for free. So it's like, how do you even measure effective work? How do you even measure, um, your value? So I think you really have to hold true to the dream and what you really want to do and, and figure out, okay, what's going to be really worth my time in the long run. So it does take this great deal of emotional labor. I'll keep coming back to that. It just takes a lot of emotional labor. And to pour yourself out in a book or a podcast or a job. If you're a boss, you know, if you are a minister, if you're a nonprofit leader, if you're home with your littles, it's like, it takes so much spiritual energy as well. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, why am I exhausted? I'm like so exhausted. And I realized, wait a minute, I just dumped out so much spiritual energy and I'm not acknowledging that. And I also am not figuring out how I can fill myself back up again. So I think it's just really important as we build this dream, as we get the thing we prayed for, that we begin to evaluate life differently and begin to evaluate our output differently so we can really know what needs to go back in for sustainability. Yeah. Wow. So well said, Ashley. I think that uncovers so many issues that just popped into my mind. And I love how you said you are working for free mm-hmm. to hopefully move the needle, but is it moving the needle? <laughs> totally. And all of these emotional, <laughs> mental, spiritual, social, work-related costs that don't yeah. necessarily have a dollar sign attached to them, but yes. they're a cost nonetheless. I think that is so draining and it's not something I feel like I was warned about in my journey in leaving full-time work and a steady paycheck mm-hmm, <laughs> in healthcare same. and, and, and to go to this 
more entrepreneur lifestyle mm-hmm. where I'm my own boss and writing and podcasting and speaking mm-hmm. and, and I have a women's ministry and all of these things and the amount of work I'm doing for the amount I'm getting, whether that's um, financial or otherwise. I think that, you know, although I'm living the life that I dreamed of, right? This is what I always wanted to do. Totally. However, there is a great cost to that and it brings so many struggles that were not present when I had full-time work. And and I know I'm speaking to more of an entrepreneur lifestyle. However, right. I think that translates into a myriad of ways. Um, anytime there's a change, the cost changes. Yes. What was required of you before may look so different. And it may be so much higher of a cost mm-hmm. emotionally, mentally, whatever the case may be. Most, most often, I think emotionally and mentally. Yes, I wholeheartedly um, agree. And it just can... It can drain your bone dry. And can I tell you, I just want to speak to this. And um, I was just telling Ashley, I spoke on a panel last night for the Junior League, the international organization that's been around for 98 years, inviting women to take their place at seats of power in nonprofits and government and business and education. Very impressed with this organization. Uh, And she also won an award. And I want you to tell everyone about this. She didn't even know she was getting it, guys. We need to hear this story. Keep going and come back to it. I didn't know I was getting that. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, my goodness. No. uh, Ashley. We have to know. I was, we have to tell. <laughs> tell the people. I was awarded as a woman in leadership in our area and society and in our state who is doing a good work and advancing a woman's place. So it was really such an honor. I was with um, the other women who were awarded. One was a prosecuting attorney for our county. Another one was mm-hmm. a host of a TV show who tackles social issues for our area. And another one was a woman who was one of the first in our area to start nonprofit child care centers. She has over 30 mm. um, primarily serving children of color with a staff of color. So Gosh, it was really, amazing. really impressive. I was so honored to be considered and nominated and awarded alongside those incredible women. They were such a force. And I was just truly yeah. so honored to be there. But... One of the questions that came up was, you know, how do you handle what you're going through and how do you handle um, managing so many things and all of all of that? And I, I said one of the greatest ways I think you can handle these new levels and the life that you wanted, I think one that is so costly, and all of us talked about the emotional cost, the, the cost of our time being away yeah. from our children. All of us were mothers yes. on that panel. Yep. And... One of the things we said that's really saving our life is having a few women that we can go the distance with professionally. And mm. obviously, Ashley, for you, uh, that for, for me, that's you and our yeah. friend Harmony, who you heard uh, two episodes ago, yes. just how life-giving it is to be around good friends that we just enjoy each other. We genuinely yeah. love each other. We know yep. each other. We know how each other works. But I think on top of that, we are able to push each other professionally. Yeah. And that has been such a gift. And it's taken me really a long time to develop that. Um, but I treasure it. And when they when they talked, how do you keep advancing personally? It was such a joy to answer. Finding those few women who, you know, so many people are demanding stuff of you. And these aren't people yeah. who are demanding stuff of you all the time. There's right. such reciprocity. There is such... Um, push and pull to the relationship that keeps it in such a healthy way. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for that. And um, I think it's really, really keeps me sane, honestly. <laughs> yes, same. Like that's that's the biggest thing in my life. Like, there are two things that sustain me. And so many of you who have been with us on the Why Though journey know this about me, but I, um, you know, have 16 years sobriety. And so, you know, there have been a few times in within that 16 years where I was like, man, my recovery is in danger. And if I really had to boil it down to the two things that keep me sober, and these are also the two things that keep my life sustainable that, you know, I have many of the things that I prayed for, how do I sustain that? And it's two things and that's relationship and margin. Mm. And so relationship for me is so critical. I mean, my relationships are my lifelines and I have to have those people in my life. Not only that I can grow with, as you spoke to Tiffany through, you know, whether it's business or it's, you know, ministry or it's, you know, podcasting or speaking or whatever, having people in your corner who are doing what you do that can cheer you on and who are um, not threatened. Like that's one thing I love about our relationship, Tiffany. And so many of our girlfriends, it's like, it's, we're not a threat to each other. It's like, you're doing this. That's amazing. Yes. Like get that, do that thing and vice versa. And so there's none of that um, stuff in the relationship. And I really appreciate that. But then also we need friends that we can just be so honest with and just be like, look, here's where I'm struggling. This is where I'm about to fall off the bandwagon. Like pray for me. I need you in my life. I need you in my corner. And then the margin piece. So I think all of us, whatever our context is, whether we are still praying and waiting for the thing, or we are, we are currently and actively living in it, we need to cultivate margin in our life. So we actually have to have space to think, and we actually have to have space for solitude. And we actually have to have space for community and space for prayer and space for, you know, us to come down and not just things like Netflix where you can like numb out and chill. And sometimes that's great, but also what are the things that are actually refreshing your soul? Like what is creative inspiration for you? What makes you feel like you want to get up again? What are the things that really keep you going in your life and to have rhythms that allow you to practice that because, you know, relationship and margin are two things that can keep us propelling forward. Um, and for me, those are my two biggest ones. Like I have to have those or I know it's not going to work for me long-term. Absolutely. I want to swing back around what you said about relationships. Mm -hmm. And I love how you said friends who know you. I literally just wrote it down right before you said it. And I've been in situations where I'm like, oh man, I can't believe this played out like this. Or, oh, I don't know if I should do this. And then I have some, I have you, Ashley. You're like, no, you operate this way. Mm -hmm. This is how maybe it should go down. And Mm -hmm. don't be surprised that this is happening or don't be surprised that this is the way it's going down. Ashley's an eight, by the way, so she really does talk like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, But it's it's been the clouds parting and the sun shining through when I see, oh, yeah, you're right. Of course I operate like that. Of course I need to walk in this. Of course this is a good idea. Or of course that's a bad idea. Or all that fell like that. And... I can't savor that relationship anymore. And that's not something I can save. And that's okay. And although Mm -hmm. I don't like to do that in the way I'm wired, I I don't want to end poorly with someone. How can I, I can, I've done all I can do. Right. So just having somebody who knows how you operate, be able to speak back to you saying, okay, this is what I heard you say, but this is how I know you operate. And, and do you see it? How do you see what I'm seeing? Having someone who's not so close to the situation yes. be able to speak into it, I think has yeah. been really, really helpful. Who knows how you operate? And then going back to the margin, um, I love how you said solitude. It made me think of just yes. the three S's, solitude, silence, and stillness. That's right. what makes up rest. Yeah. Everything we want to be, every thought we want to have every whole life is available on the other side of solitude you can't go over it you can't go under it you got to go through it and it is really a gift and i think um 
I mean, ooh, this might be a little slap on the wrist, but just hear me out. I think for so many of us, if you grew up in a Christian context, it was read your Bible, do that, check that off the list. You, you're holy if you read your Bible, right? Mm. I mean, maybe they didn't talk exactly like that with that accent, but you get it's my implicit. point. You know what right? I mean? Like <laughs> you're holy if you do this, this, and this. Correct. Like, oh, she just needs to get with the Lord. She needs to. She needs right. to read the Bible. She hasn't been reading her Bible. You know all that. Yeah. What if we frame it as? Your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit, and your heart and your gut will all be at peace and integrated if you take time for solitude. If you take time to rest your brain, to rest your body, to rest your heart. And I'm the person who I go, 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 go because I love what I'm doing. I genuinely love the things I do. I wouldn't pick it. Otherwise, I'm not half-hearted. I go hard on the things I love. And sometimes that can be my undoing. And it's my body starting to shut down or getting sick. Yeah. And having visceral reactions because in my head, in my heart, I'm thinking, everything's great. I love what I'm doing. This is beautiful. This is a good work. I cannot come down. (laughs) But the truth is, I... I need to listen to all of that. And I think in solitude, we have room to breathe. We have room to think. We have room to dream of what could be next. We have room to assess what's working and what's not. So solitude, man, just really that, uh, that pause, that willingness to reflect, that willingness to take a moment and rest, to really rest is so necessary because there are struggles no matter what we're doing, no matter if it's good times, no matter if it's hard times. But I think, just as Ashley said, relationships and margin, that is the ticket to becoming the men and women we know God created us to be. Yeah, I really, really love what you're saying. I think it's so powerful and so life-giving. Um, and to speak to the you know, the Bible thing, which made me laugh so hard, by the way, that was hilarious, because um, it's really true. And Cody and I were just having this beautiful conversation about reading the Bible the other day, because we're like, man, it's so awesome to have this intimate, personal time with God. And then we just started dialoguing about what it means to have communal living around the Bible and around our um, faith experience, because we so often can get in our own heads. And that's why solitude is important, because you're not doing anything. So you can sit mm-hmm. with God and sit with your thoughts in light of who God is and just be still. Um, but also in reading the Bible, if you start to read it communally, faithfully, then you don't create for yourself like this own God in your own image. Like every time you read the Bible, it's supporting whatever it is that you think, or it's supporting whatever it is that you want to do, or it's supporting, you know, anything and everything that's about you. And I think sometimes we can get so stuck in our way of thinking. And that's why we need community. And that's why we need solitude, you know, because we need to chill out. Like we are not the glue of the universe. We are not the most important thing in the universe. We are not the least important thing in the universe. We are significant and we are valuable, but we don't hold this whole thing together. And so I think that's so important to remember through relationship and through solitude. Yeah. I think solitude in solitude, we're reminded that we're not in control. Come on. That's exactly right. Same with Sabbath, right? Right. Right. Yes. Sabbath teaches us the same thing. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, Any last thoughts, Ashley? No, I don't think so. I really love this topic and very passionate about it and think we should talk about it more for real. And we love you, Why the Listeners. You are the best tribe on the planet. You really are. And Why the Listeners, we are about to get together and plan the next quarter of episodes. So if you have ideas, mm-hmm. hashtag Why the Podcast, you can 
throw it on the gram or on Facebook. We would love to hear ideas of what we should talk about that is what you're going through, real life issues. Yes. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners. Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.